Welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. My name is Caitlin Mitchell and I am your host. And today's episode is very special because we have a very special guest with us today. Jessica, who is the other half of EB Academics, is sitting here with me recording today's podcast episode. Welcome to the podcast, Jessica. Thank you. Hi, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we are so excited to have you with us, and we can't wait to get into today's episode. Jessica and I will both be sharing our stories with you, kind of about our teaching journeys, and we're just so excited to be able to share that about us with all of you so you can get to know us a little bit better. So without further ado, we're going to dive into today's episode. We'll be starting with Jessica with her story. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast, where it's all things reading and writing all the time. Game-changing lessons and fresh ideas, along with a dose of inspiration, are shared to help make your teaching life just a bit easier. And now your host from the blog EB Academics, Caitlin Mitchell. Hey guys, it's Jessica, and I'm here to kind of tell you all about how I became a teacher and the different paths I've taken over the years. I've been in the classroom for 15 years, so I'm going to jump right in and tell you my story. So I have wanted to be a teacher since I was in preschool. And like many of you probably did, I used to line up my dolls and stuffed animals and play school with them. And I loved handing out papers with made-up problems, collecting them, even grading them. I remember in second grade, I'd helped clean out my teacher, Mrs. Glenn's, classroom closet, and she let me keep a few of the outdated textbooks, and I was in heaven with my legitimate classroom supplies. Over the years, strong teachers I had reinforced my desire to work with students, and I never wavered in my decision to pursue a career in teaching. My first job, two months after graduating from college, was at a small school in Beverly Hills. Now, if you're like me and watched hundreds of hours of the TV show Beverly Hills 90210, you may have some preconceived notions about Beverly Hills. I half expected to see mini Brenda's, Dylan's, and Kelly's in my classroom. But instead, I found a group of 20 eager and sweet students from a variety of backgrounds. And I taught there for three years. I was a fourth grade teacher, and like any new teacher, I slowly started to figure out the juggle of lesson planning and classroom management and conferences and finding my support group of other teachers. Eventually, though, that L.A. commute became too much for me, and I left that school, and I ended up going to a school that was only a mile from where I lived at the time. It was at this new school in West L.A. where I felt like my teaching shifted, and I thrived and turned into the teacher I was meant to be. I stopped relying so heavily on the provided textbooks and started creating my own lessons. A huge part of this was because I had such a supportive principal. He even let me change grade levels literally two weeks before school started when a fifth grade position became available. He'd also just been hired and though we'd only met for a few minutes when I abruptly told him I wanted to leave the second grade classroom I'd been hired for and I'd already set up and I wanted to switch to fifth grade, which I'd also never taught, he didn't hesitate. He just said, go for it and immediately posted a job listing for a new second grade teacher. And then a few years later, when my first son was born, he made it possible for me to job share and only teach fifth grade ELA. For this, I'm forever grateful because fifth grade was where I was meant to be and only teaching reading and writing 
was a dream. Chris was the absolute best principal I could have asked for. He trusted me in the classroom, supported my ideas, and didn't micromanage. We all know how crucial a strong principal is, and he really was the best. Because of his leadership, I really think I became a better teacher once I was working with fifth graders. The next shift in my teaching career was when Chris organized a professional development day for the faculty, focused all about writing. And it was this training that totally altered my teaching career, and it's ultimately why I'm here talking to you today. In this particular back-to-school training, I learned about literary analysis writing and how to incorporate it into my classroom. By this point, Caitlin was working at the school as well, and we were teaching right across the hall from one another. When we learned the basics of literary analysis writing, Caitlin and I decided to run with it. We had such similar teaching styles, so we developed a writing framework for our students and made it the cornerstone of our curriculums. When my fifth graders began using this writing framework, it was like magic. Their writing improved, their critical thinking skills improved, and their confidence increased. I was giving them incredibly complex topics to write about, and they rose to the occasion using evidence from the text, and supporting their reasons with justification. And what was so cool was that when my students left my class and moved into junior high, Caitlin was using the exact same writing framework and building on it with more advanced literature. Our students' writing began to excel. This evidence-based writing framework literally changed how I approached my lesson plans, how I taught, and how I graded. Teaching writing became fun and I became more confident in my instruction. Fast forward six years and Caitlin and I have spent thousands of hours tweaking the framework, creating lessons around it, teaching it to our own students, to the teachers we each coached, and now online to teachers around the world. My life has taken on a whole new path now that we teach teachers this writing framework that truly works. I'm now out of the classroom and so excited to be creating ELA lessons for our EB Teachers Club and working on our online writing course. And I credit this new path to three turning points in my teaching career. A principal who believed in me, a chance professional development training, and of course, working across the hall from Caitlin. I seriously love what we do every day, and I'm so grateful for the path my life has taken. Hey guys, Caitlin here. So my story is kind of similar to Jessica's in that I grew up always wanting to be a teacher. You know, I came from a household of teachers. My mom was a teacher. My dad was a teacher for many years. My grandma was a teacher. My other grandma was a teacher. My grandpa was a teacher. My great aunt was a teacher. Basically, everybody was a teacher. And so that was just kind of all I really knew and gravitated towards. I remember going into my mom's classroom and helping her set up in the summer, making copies for her, getting her desks all ready to go. I just loved every single thing about it. And, you know, I used to set up my stuffed animals. Same thing that Jessica did, assign homework, the whole nine yards. Like I was meant to be a teacher. And I fell in love really with English when I was in high school. I had a teacher named Mr. Yeager, freshman year, sophomore year, and senior year of high school. And something about the way that he taught literature was just beautiful to me. I loved everything about studying words and the way that authors, you know, wove in themes into their stories. And it just something about it was so mesmerizing to me that I left high school 
going to college thinking I'm going to be an English teacher. And so I was an English major my freshman year at Loyola Marymount University. And I hated it. Absolutely hated it. I don't know what happened, where the disconnect was, but I was very unhappy as an English major. And I decided, you know what? I'm not going to be a teacher. It just must not be for me. And in a way, it's kind of like I gave up, but I wasn't really sure what I wanted. You know, when you're 18, 19 years old, you don't really know what you want, even though you think you know what you want at the time. So I became a communications major because that still involved writing. It still involved words. And so I became a communications major and I graduated with a communications degree. But like two days before graduating from college, I had this epiphany. I woke up one day. I'm not even kidding you. I woke up one day and I was like, oh my gosh, after all of that, now I want to be a teacher, an English teacher, a high school English teacher at that because of the impact that Mr. Yeager had on my life. I wanted to have that same impact on other people's lives as well. And so I was like, great. Now I don't have an English degree. I didn't get my credential because I was not going to be a teacher. And so I, you know, sent out my resume to a million schools and I got hired five days before school started as a high school English teacher teaching high school juniors. I was 22 years old. My students were 17 and I looked like one of the kids, 100%. If I wasn't wearing a uniform, it was a private school. If I wasn't wearing a uniform, I would have passed easily as a high school senior. And it was very intimidating. It was a difficult um, position to come into. I had some mentorship, but not really. Um, And it was hard. And after a couple of years, I really became disillusioned with education and with the whole system and the way that I wasn't allowed to do certain things that I thought were, you know, was going to be more beneficial for my students. And I was just really frustrated with the profession, as I'm sure so many of us can relate to in that fourth, fifth year of teaching, which is when a lot of teachers leave the profession. And I actually ended up leaving. I quit teaching. And I went into quote unquote corporate America. I thought, you know, I'm going to be this great businesswoman and I'm going to work for in sales. I'm going to work in radio advertising sales. And I ended up working for iHeartRadio for a year. And so this was in May that I went to that job for iHeartRadio. And then summer came And, you know, as a teacher, you have your summers off for the most part, unless you have to work in the summer, which I did many years, but it's still summertime. And I did not have summer. I was in an office building from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. every single day, Monday through Friday. And it was beautiful outside and I was freezing cold in the air conditioning. And then August hit and it was all of the back to school stuff, all of the kids with their backpacks on going to school. And I remember after that first day of school driving to my job and seeing all the kids going to school on that first day of school and that excitement and that newness of a new school year, I came home crying to my husband and I was like, I made a massive mistake in leaving teaching. Like I have to go back to be a teacher. Like I have to leave now. I'm like, I have to quit now. He's like, you can't quit now. You can't leave in August and expect to get a job after school has already started. He's like, you're crazy. You have to stick it out for a year and learn what you are meant to learn from this year that you aren't a teacher. What skills are you going to take away from this? What lessons are you going to learn as a result of this um, situation? And so I did. I stayed for a year. And then after the year started to come, you know, it was like April. I was like, okay, it's been almost a year. I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to leave. And so my husband being, you know, the very level-headed, level-minded person that he is, he's like, you have to get a job first. So 
Again, I sent my resume out to a bunch of different schools, and I was called in for an interview um, at Visitation, which is actually where Jessica and I ended up teaching together, and with Chris, his the principal's name, as Jessica mentioned in her story. And I remember just telling him, like, I'm I'm meant to be a teacher. You know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I made a huge mistake, and something about education just draws my heart toward it. I love love being in the classroom and I love working with schools and with children so much. And so he said, okay, come back for, um, uh, an, uh, what is it called? Um, an observation interview. Sorry. So come back in for an observation interview next week on May 2nd, which is my birthday. And I was like, okay. And he goes, what, what do you want to teach? And I said, writing, I'm going to teach writing because I loved teaching writing. And so I go in on my birthday, I teach this great writing lesson to these little seventh graders and compared to the high school students that I taught, they were so tiny. I remember looking at them just thinking, you're so little compared to the big high school kids. And it went so well. He hired me right then on the spot. And I have to say that the two years that I worked there were some of the best years of my life as a teacher. As Jessica mentioned in her story, I was just able to flourish under Chris as a principal. He was an amazing principal who really supported us as teachers, who pushed us to, you know, be our best and also to do things differently, to go outside the box and maybe challenge the way that things had always been done. And that's just kind of the interesting turn that our life has taken and our our lives have taken. And I remember talking to Jessica one day at school just saying, you know, I've always wanted to be a teacher of teachers. And she said the same exact thing. I always wanted to teach teachers. And so, you know, long story short, a couple of years later, here we are now being able to help so many other teachers in a way that we absolutely love doing. So we love teaching writing so much and to be able to bring that passion, that joy, that excitement for this subject that's really hard for some teachers and to show them what is possible is just amazing. And I wouldn't trade trade it for anything in the world. I mean, I'm really just so, I feel so fortunate to be in the position that I am with Jessica, just this amazing person who is so creative to be able to work with her and help so many other teachers at the same time is really just a dream come true. And you know, eight years ago, seven years ago, however many years ago it was that I met Jessica, I never would have envisioned kind of the interesting path that our lives have taken. We both moved from Southern California back up to Northern California, where we are from. Um, EB Academics has just taken on a whole new meaning for us. Um, And as much as I love teaching, and if you've listened to the podcast episode that was released, I think back in June about why I left the classroom, um, I I miss teaching so much. I just, I couldn't do it both, couldn't do both of them. It was too difficult to be able to help other teachers through our podcast, through our online course, through our membership, and stay in the classroom and be a mom and be a wife and a daughter and all of those other things and be my myself and be who I am and the things that I enjoy doing um, all at the same time. So even though I'm not in the classroom right now, I still very much consider myself a teacher and I will always consider myself a teacher. And right now it just looks a little bit different than it did a year ago. And I'm very excited to see where everything else in um, our journey takes us. And I'm so thankful that you guys are here for it, that you are a part of it.
Well, thank you so much, you guys, for joining us on today's podcast episode, which was a little bit different, but also really special as Jessica and I kind of shared our stories with you, our journeys with you to lead us where we are today. Now, if you've been listening to the last couple of episodes, you know that coming up very soon in about a month, we are opening the doors for enrollment to our online professional development course called Writing Instruction, A Proven Approach. And it is a complete step-by-step online course that is going to teach you how to teach writing effectively as a middle school English teacher. The next couple of episodes that we have coming up are interviews with some of our students who have gone through our course. They are teachers from kind of all walks of life, all grade levels, all experience levels, who will be sharing their experiences with you and how they've implemented the evidence-based writing framework in their classrooms after having gone through our professional development course and really what that's done for them in their lives and the impact that it's had on their students. So I'm really excited to start sharing those podcast episodes with you. So those will start next week. Next Tuesday will be our first interview with one of our teachers who has gone through our online professional development course. Now, if you're interested in learning more about it, putting your name on the wait list, because we do have a little special thing coming just for our wait list, just for those of you who have put your name on the wait list, you can go to ebacademics.com forward slash writing wait list. Again, that's ebacademics.com forward slash writing wait list and go sign up, put your name on the wait list. You'll get a fun little free download, a little training that we put together for you that will give you some quick wins in your classroom. I mean, literally, you could download it, watch it right now, and start implementing some of the strategies in your classroom tomorrow and start seeing some changes in your students' writing, which is exactly what we want to do, is have a bigger impact on more teachers and ultimately more students and ultimately on the world of education. And we are just, like I said, so honored that you are a part of this amazing journey with us. So I will see you guys next week on the podcast um, with our first interview. And if I don't see you on Instagram until then or somewhere else in this internet world. I hope you guys all have a wonderful Thanksgiving with loved ones. I'll see you next week.